It's episode 25 of the Livestream Final Fantasy Podcast, recorded on the 12th of August, 2017. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of the Livestream Podcast. My name's Flintlock, I'm the technical editor on the Livestream. Oh, I'm Tenyo, I'm one of the podcast <laughs> editors. <laughs> I'm Carly, and I do a bunch of stuff on the forum. I'm Liv, and I'm just a forum member with an enthusiasm for fi everything Final Fantasy. It's great to have you all with us today. Uh, it's my second time hosting now. We had some pretty good feedback about the last episode, but you know this is the difficult second episode, so I'm really going to need all your help getting through this one, I think. Oh, On tonight, totally you've got your angels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got Flint's angels here tonight. So on, uh, on tonight's show, we're going to look at some Final Fantasy news from the last two weeks. Uh, then we're going to, in theory, look at what's new on the live stream. Spoilers, there isn't anything. Uh, then we're going to get some listener feedback on the last episode before moving on to our discussion topic and question for the listeners. So let's dive right into Final Fantasy news from the last two weeks. And I think the biggest thing that's been in the news recently has been the upcoming Dissidia game, NT, which is a port of the uh, arcade version of Dissidia. And the first news that we have is that there's going to be a closed beta, which will begin on the 26th of August. Uh, at least it's available in Japan and also in North and Latin America with certain conditions. Uh, Tenny, are you looking forward to this? Are you going to take part? I'd like to try it out. Um, I like the fact that Dissidia is going to be on a console now. Um, I remember getting the original Dissidia back in the day to play on the PSP. Um, and it was fun, but I feel like I did kind of lose interest in it really quick, maybe because I'm if I like I'm I'm a fan of playing games either like like mostly on the console on like my TV. I'm not a huge like mobile handheld game person um so i like the fact that i can play on my ps4 um hopefully i'll be able to give the if i could get into the beta on the 26th i'd love to give it a try when the game actually officially comes out i'd like to play it so far i've seen that if, if you live in japan you can just download an application ticket from the playstation store until the 20th but the only mm -hmm. thing i've seen for uh, North and Latin America is that you have to pre-order something from the Square Enix online store, and then they send you a beta key. Uh, yeah, I haven't look, quite looked into it that much no. yet, because I know that especially like the 26th is going to be after the new semester starts, so I don't know if I have enough, a lot of time to devote to that, but and maybe like just when it comes out in stores, I'll give it a try. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm invested enough in Dissidia yet to spend money on a key for a beta. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things you can pre-order from the store is Dissidia Final Fantasy NT, which will then what? give you access to the beta. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm excited that Dissidia is coming to console, but at the same time, it's not super high on my to play list right now. Um, I mean, it's, it's one that I could wait a while and get when it... Yeah. Goes it cheaper like at like game. GameStop. <laughs> Have you guys played all of the previous Dissidia games? Um, no. I played, I played no. the first one 
which I, I didn't actually finish it. I'd like to get Duodecim and play that whenever I finish the first title. But I, I think the best thing about the, the, the Dissidia game for me was just being able to play as a shirtless Sephiroth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I'm extremely shallow, but yeah, that was like one of the best parts of the game for me. So, like, Jack didn't do it for you? Poor Jack. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> or in Duodecim, you have shirtless Titus for some reason. Uh, no, he don't really do it for me. Yeah, I, I was well, like, I take, I take Jacked over Titus any day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can take Jacked soon because he's also coming to Dissidia NT, although he won't be playable in the beta. Yeah, his model looks gorgeous. Yeah, they all look pretty good. Yeah, I mean, all the character models for the game look good. I actually like Vaughn's model where he has, like, the, the long sleeve white shirt underneath his vest. I'm like, that's sky how pirate. he should have looked. <laughs> yeah, he looks yeah, like yeah. a real sky pirate. This is how yeah, he should have he... looked in the original game. Well, no, no, because he was still just like some street urchin and but Got you know you put, you put on yeah, basically. But you know, you put on like the nice shirt like what Balthia wears and now he's suddenly he's finally a gentleman sky pirate. Yeah, it looks like he's trying to emulate ball fear, which if you think about it in terms of story, it's actually really sweet. <laughs> I think any shirt on Vaughn is an improvement on his Final Fantasy XII design. <laughs> True, but... Although it they is. did fix his ribs. Yes, the they did fix the horrible stenciled-on abs in Zodiac Age, which I was pleased to see. Yeah, that was always weird, because it... I don't know, like, where would he kind of get... <laughs> those kinds of abs from? Does he hit the gym regularly? <laughs> uh, you could attribute it to the fact that he lives on the street and therefore doesn't eat enough, but he would look more emaciated than ripped. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. But before we turn this into another Final Fantasy XII podcast, let's You're right. get back to <laughs> Not that that would make Lakeclum happy or anything. Let's quickly get back to Dissidia. Um, so I said that Jekt won't be playable in the beta, uh, but they have released a list of the 14 playable characters in the beta. Um, they include the Warrior of Light, Cecil Harvey, Cloud Strife, uh, Squall, Zidane, Titus. Vaughn is in the closed beta as well, so you can wear that nice shirt. Um, <laughs> Lightning and Ishtola from Final Fantasy XIV, which surprises me somewhat. Oh, my waifu! Your waifu? Waifu. Um, I still My haven't wife. decided between. Uh, I'm not, not sure if um, Estelle has been in the arcade version of Dissidia, but if she is, I'm a little bit surprised just because, well, at least in, in the recent patches, she's had quite a minor role. She was obviously a big character in A Realm Reborn and somewhat in Heavensward. Well, she was like the first out of the Scions that actually appeared in Heaven's Word, the other one decided to appear in the patches. Spoilers. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, come on, Carly. They're not going to remember this in the two months yeah. of have to get there. <laughs> yeah, truth. Probably I'm not. not. Remember. <laughs> mm. I'll probably forget when we finish recording this episode, to be honest with you. Same. I've already forgotten. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> We should probably explain to our listeners that uh, both Tenny and Lith have recently started playing Final Fantasy XIV, like in the last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I played started like a couple weeks ago. Okay. I actually downloaded it the 
at right at, after we were done recording the previous podcast, I downloaded. Oh, that's the, right. Yeah. That we had the, nothing um, to do with trial that night. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys were. Totally yeah, not, we did not coerce her at all. Coerce me into downloading it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and I started literally just a few days ago. Hmm. Well, we actually tried to get you to play when we got Flair in it, and I don't know what happened when you were downloaded it that nothing happened. You got Flair or excited for nothing. Yeah, well, I don't know what happened, but I downloaded the trial, and in order for me to play, it had to download like another type of patch to go with it, and every time I attempted to download the patch, it would always come up with an error. And I'm like, okay, I'm tired of wasting time trying to download this if it's not going to work. Because, I mean, I can't play any other games while this thing is attempting to download itself. So I said, screw it, and just cast it off to the wayside. <laughs> and, of course, then when Zodiac Age came out, I've been kind of wrapped up in that. So I hadn't really bothered. But the other night, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to give this one more try. And it worked. And, uh... Yeah, it's been interesting so far. Nice. Let's actually get on to our Final Fantasy fourteen news while we're talking about this. Um, <laughs> the first Sorry. news... No, it's no problem. The first news is that um, the game has hit 10 million players, of which all four of us are now included. <laughs> uh, Yay! That's, that's 10 million total players, not active players, I'm quite sure. But, um, yeah. I don't know what to say about this. We're all enjoying the game. I think. Yeah. Well, I know that back in the day that used to be like, I used to play World of Warcraft. Not anymore. I broke that habit. It was part of the reason why I put off 14 for so long. So I was like, do I want another to play another MMO? But I don't know. World of Warcraft used that as like a big selling point back in the day. Like, we have 10 million players. I'm like, but are they all active? Probably not. No, I'm sure, but... I'm sure they're not. <laughs> I saw recently that the Final Fantasy XIV subreddit became the second most popular MMO Reddit, but it still has a bit less than 150,000 members, whereas the WoW Reddit has over, over 400,000. So it's still quite a long way to go to catch up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel like well, WoW has been around for so long, it's kind of, it's kind of wedged itself into the market there. Yeah. No, I think fourteen is doing impressively well considering it was only relaunched a few years ago mm -hmm. i think it is like they really they brought it back from death <laughs> yeah it's actually the first mmo i've ever played i've really had no interest in mmos in the past but all of my live stream friends are playing it and i'm like oh they're all talking about 14 and i just have nothing to talk about with them or contribute so i'm like i need to jump on this bandwagon I find it really interesting how there's a cross-section between players who have come from the Final Fantasy series and have been persuaded to try 14, and people who like MMOs and probably have never played a Final Fantasy game before. So sometimes I'll be going through a dungeon or something, and then there'll be like some really obvious Final Fantasy V references, say, and I'll say, wow, this is amazing, it's Final Fantasy V, and everyone's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is to be going. fair, that will happen with us. If you make a Final Fantasy V reference, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I am disappointed. 
Depending on the reference, I may or may not get it. Um, I I might get it. I got. I haven't beat five, but I got quite a bit of the ways into it. I just need to sit down and beat it. Actually, actually, no, I did have. I watched Lex stream it, so I know how it ends and stuff. But I, I remember watching uh, some of you guys play it on the community playthrough way back when, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean that was pretty cool and i'm like okay i really need to play this and then i stopped tuning in because the live streams were uh, were always happening at times that i couldn't tune in so i just kind of fell off the map hmm. you know flint that's probably not very high on the list I, of things that i haven't done that disappoint you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no comments on that i'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> you know uh I think Square Enix should pay attention as to why Final Fantasy XIV has become so popular and apply that to the other games. Well, what what do you think makes XIV popular that is missing from other games? Well, let's say compared to XV, I, I, said, I said this while I was playing, not a Rome reward because that's not a good story. Uh, Heavensward and Stormboard, Stormblood, not Stormboard thinking of Game of Thrones, uh, the story and the characters are way more interesting than anything they have done since Final Fantasy XII. So the other Final Fantasy XIV news we have is that patch 4.06 launched this week on Tuesday uh, and came with a seasonal event called the Moonfire Fair. Uh-huh. Have you guys... Actually, you have to be level 30, I think, to complete the main quest uh. in Moonfire Fair, so you, you newbies probably haven't done it yet. I'm still level 17. Obviously, I haven't. I mean... Um, I don't know why Liff is making noises. It's your fault that you haven't played the game before. No, well, I mean, when I logged in the other night, I was talking to Flair, and I guess there was some kind of festival going on. I don't know if that was it, but I just remember seeing a lot of fireworks going off in the sky while I'm running around, what is it, Gridania? Gridania? Is that how you say it? But, oh, the festival um, itself is in uh, Costa del Sol. Okay, so... Yeah, I guess I was looking at the wrong thing then. Probably just some random people <laughs> letting off fireworks. Yeah. Costa del Sol. Oh my god. If you, you play uh, late a few days, go to Limsa or some of the other cities, and a lot of really funny, weird shit starts happening. <laughs> Weirder than turning around after completing a main quest and having all my TLS brood friggin' tap dancing <laughs> on a table. Um, <laughs> were, they, were they naked? <laughs> That's not the weirdest they thing you're ever going to see happen in an MMO list. So, no, it was not the weirdest thing. Uh, Flint <laughs> and I were playing one day, and we were in Limsa, and they had a naked dance party. <laughs> oh, that man. Happened. After that happened, because I, I was confused at first, and I'm like, who are all these people on the table? And I was on voice chat with Flair, and she told me, she's like, that's 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 us, that's me and Flint and Kimball, and... <laughs> Afterwards, I'm like, why are they? Why are they all girls? <laughs> like, I think it's just something every guy does with the MMO, and I'm like, oh Jesus, I feel like a noob. Not every guy. I mean, I guess you guys would prefer looking at a girl's butt than a guy's butt. I don't care, but that's always the reason that people assume that I play a female character. But for me, it's more just about most video games I've played have had male characters, so almost whenever I play a game where I get to create a character, then I'll make it female. Just to kind just of adjust the balance. Yeah. yeah I, I did that 
Uh, I did that with ethnicities since it's usually you don't get Asian characters or like black characters as the protagonist. When I get to play games that I can like make the characters, I usually have one of those ethnicities. Mm. I know I chose to make my character a cat because cats, I guess. <laughs> one of the cat people. Because you'd rather look at a cat's ass than a human's ass. That's it, isn't yes, it? Yes, pretty much. Pretty much. Or you get yeah. starting to romance Flair's character. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually made. I, I chose to have my character be a cat, but I, I did kind of like give her like I don't know. I guess I kind of was trying to make her look a little bit like me, except for she doesn't look like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I tried to make my character look like me because I'm like shameless with the self inserts and everything. Like I think yeah. on my first playthrough of anything, when I create a character, I, I make it look like me just because it kind of feels like a safe zone or something. But, yeah. I mean, I, I, I have some like weird hairstyle, but yeah, my character has like the same hair color that I do, but her hair looks so much nicer than my hair actually looks. I it's almost thought about going for the weird, the the pseudo kind of Aerith hairstyle they had on that list, but I didn't like the way the back of it looked, so I just opted for something else. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of looking at buds, that is sort of one of the <laughs> one of the quests that you have to do in this uh, Moonfire Fair event. And you it's... Have to look at buds. Well, <laughs> so, sort of. I'm Spoilers. not going to spoil it. I'm, Don't yeah, I'm spoil, not gonna it. spoil it. But. <laughs> okay. Liz, we need to have like a marathon and get level 30 so we can go do this quest. Are you really happy play, play as, as Flint does? He got to level 15 no time. was insane. Well, I'm, I'm already level 17. I think I did that worth like two days of playing or something. Yeah, yeah but it's low, easier. Low it's quickly. easier. I'm at level yeah, like three. Getting harder. <laughs> well, this event runs until Saturday, the August Saturday, the twenty sixth of August. So you still have a little time to do it. That's good. Uh, I do like the housing items that they're gonna give because my room has nothing. Yeah. Patch four point oh six also came with a couple of other minor tweaks. Um, Summoner and I think Bard and Machinists all got slightly buffed, and some other classes just had some balance changes to make it probably slightly easier for uh, less skilled players to do better damage. That's anyway. nice. I remember on the forum, I think Lex was excited because, like, the, did the Dragoon get a buff? Barely. The Barely? The, yeah, the potency of the uh, Dragoon's combo moves changed, but um, if you're doing the optimal combo from the optimal positions, then those numbers are not actually changed. Oh, interesting. So that's why it only really helps people who aren't that good at Dragoon. And Lex is, <laughs> is really good at Dragoon. Insert Dragoon uh, joke. I see. Hmm. I see. Anyway, I see, let's I see. move on to our next piece of news, which is about Final Fantasy XV. Uh, this is also a closed beta, this time for an online multiplayer version called Comrades. Lith, I understand you have some interest in this. Um, I, well, I did have some interest in it, but after playing it, okay, basically, um, if you haven't played it, uh, Comrades takes place in, uh, the world of Ruin, or that's what they said, uh, or that's what the, uh, the summary of it is said. It's going to take place during that 10-year period of darkness, um, 
you get to create your character from you know top to bottom um of course it's a beta so styles are limited but um i know myself and a few others on the forum were really excited to play it but if the if, if the actual expan multiplayer expansion we get is anything like this beta, I don't know if I'll be playing it for long because literally you, you create your character and they drop you in a, a main base, which is just like a fenced off area in old Lasalam, I think. And um, you can practice on dummies and, you know, hone your fighting skills and stuff like that. And then you go to core who gives you a mission and, I think like other MMOs or multiplayer games, you can form your own party with people you know, or you can just wait for random people to join you. But it transports you to another campsite, which is uh, on top of one of the havens that you can camp out uh, on in 15 that have like the blue runes and stuff on them. And then you just go kill monsters. And I mean, that's pretty much it to it. I'm trying not to be too harsh because I know it's a beta, but if the expansion is anything like that and there's actually no no story or they don't let you run around the open world, I don't know if I'll be investing much time in it. That's uh, not entirely fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a beta, so yeah, I mean, and they are continuing to patch it, um, but... For me, when I played, uh, when I first played it, uh, combat was slow and buggy as heck. It just, I mean, I was, I'm great at playing 15, but when I started playing this multiplayer mode, I felt like I all of a sudden sucked at the combat. Or maybe that was just because I've been playing Zodiac Age for too long, but no, that's pretty much it. I mean, you, you have your main base, you go out on a mission, it transport, transports you to a campsite, you click on, you know, something to basically, you know, ask your players, are you ready, yada, yada, yada. You're transported somewhere else to go fight monsters, and that's it. It's not very interesting. I'm hoping that the finished product is actually better. So really, it's more like co-op. Yeah, it's really, it's more like a co-op. I mean, there are there are games where there are good to do multiplayer, and there are games where you really have to do something expense for it to work. Like shooters are great for doing multiplayers. RPGs, it depends on what they are. Dragon Age Inquisition did a co-op, and it was it was not good. I think you can if you want to do a, a multiplayer for an RPG that's not a shooter RPG, you're gonna have to do something that's basically its own separate story. You're like running into like say basically an on online RPG, not something as big as an actual proper game, but the quest that you're actually doing on the missions that you're actually doing need to have a story because otherwise it's really boring. Yeah, and again, I'm I'm trying not to be too harsh because I know it's just a beta, and you know these are just the fundamental elements of it. But if there's no story to be told here, and it's just you going out on missions with other players, then it's not that interesting because. You know, even though it's supposed to take place during that 10-year period of darkness, um, in the beta, it's not actually dark. It's just more like the sun is in a constant sunset mode. And uh, uh, I'm trying not to be too picky. I know it's just a beta, but I don't know. It just... Well, in 15, did it become, did it become dark immediately the moment... Noctis got sucked into the crystal, or did it take a little bit for it to... Um, according to the lore, and you can check with Trace on this, I might be a little rusty, but um, if you stay in Tenebrae, that is supposed to be the last 
day that you see the sun. And by the time you reach the the Zegnatus Keep to go on Recrompto, it's it's already in that period of darkness. Like you you'll never see the sun again until Octus comes back. I see. Which is, I mean, if you if you really want to nitpick, you can go into episode Prompto where the sun is like shining damn all the time. But yeah, that's I think they just <laughs> they wanted the sun out just for his DLC and stuff. So I understand that. But if you really want to nitpick. <laughs> I kind of didn't enjoy playing at night in that game. Well, yeah, because demons are dropping in on you and all that stuff. So I kind of, yeah. And it's like I go on a hunt at night and not only would, I, I remember I was looking for like this map, like a piece of a map or something. And I'm getting red giants are spamming out the wazoo and attacking me. And also imperial soldiers keep just keep dropping out of the sky and I can't find this piece of map. And ugh. Well, but then when the red giants spawn, doesn't Aranea come to help you out? Sometimes. To be honest, I only had Aranea come to back me up once. And uh, when she did, I had actually just finished the fight, so she took off again afterwards. That kind of happened to me. Like, I've had her show up a few times, but one time, she for some reason didn't show up until, like, right as I was killing the monster. So I did like some weird thing where it like interrupted like her animation or whatever. And the moment she popped up, she's like, oh, well, I'm out of here. <laughs> Thanks for the help. I got her once before she was supposed to like actually appear doing that. I was so confused. <laughs> How'd that happen? I don't know. Like it's the first week and there's a bunch of glitches. And, and like, she appeared after I finished the fight. So she just stopped again and just like replies like, what just happened? She sounds a little bit like uh, Gilgamesh from Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> you have no no control over when she appears, and when she does it, it's not often very useful. Mind you, I haven't played it. 15? Yeah. Yeah, you're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not that bad. It's got its fun points. I mean, mm. it, it, this, I mean, we've talked about this in the past 15 podcasts. I, just as my finishing piece on this subject, I, I really like the game. It's been an immersive experience. I mean... In 12, I kind of miss having a snapshot camera feature because I thought that was really cool. But um, I do too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I want to zoom in on those nice high-rendered environments. But no, I enjoyed the game. It was an immersive experience, but the story's got problems. And uh, I think I read an article the other day where they took a poll and it said that, you know, 15's you know, the world of 15 has mostly, mostly been uh, a letdown for a lot of players. Oh. Which I understand because... Yeah. Well, I won't really go into that because it's not one of our main talking points, but... I mean, I, I, I can see where they're coming from. Yeah. So just to round up our thoughts on this, um, to play this closed beta, you actually needed to download the online application on well before august the 8th yes. so if you're listening to this show now if you haven't already downloaded it i'm sorry but it's too late and you also Oops. need a playstation plus membership to play it it is a part of the season pass but you have to be a plus member and i just i i had like some money in my playstation wallet so i just paid for a month of it which was like 9.99 or something just to be able to play this beta but the issue is the companies are now trying to force people into buying season passes, yeah. which are worthless. 
you're basically forcing you into play extra money for a game just for future content that you don't know if it's actually going to be good or if you're going to like it or anything like that. Exactly. Yeah. And don't even get me started on how the $200 Ultimate Edition of Final Fantasy XV didn't come with the season pass. Anyway. Yeah, pay extra money. <laughs> yeah, the season pass yeah. and... It's, that didn't get me so much as like the soundtrack. Yeah, it's like, a soundtrack, the soundtrack selection. It's not like the entire soundtrack. You mean uh, you mean to tell me I'm forking over all this money for a game and you can't even get me a complete soundtrack? I mean, I have the complete soundtrack. Yeah, now. I didn't buy it. Hint, hint. But <laughs> I will say again to stop enabling them into doing this kind of stuff <laughs> and stop paying all that. Exactly. No, we 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 do not condone that type of behavior at. We don't, but then half of us go out and buy it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Carly. Stop buying it if you think it's bullshit. Yeah. But speaking of 15, and possibly bullshit, <laughs> uh, we have the Magitek armor, oh, yes. which has, uh, has been revealed for the game. Uh, originally, this was going to look somewhat like the Power Rangers suits, but I think they may have gotten a little bit of trouble with the idea, so they've now changed it somewhat. A good improvement, or is it for the worst? Tony, what do you think? I think they're so ugly. I'm like, God, I don't want that. I mean, uh, I want the Power Rangers too. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the the design of the armor, it basically, it it's really reminiscent of General Glauca's armor in Kingsglaive, um, except it's, the armor is just plain black. It doesn't really, I mean, it still gives you like, you know, invincibility for however long, but they're not different colors, which, you know, I was really looking forward to, but... Other than that, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's not really anything special. Yeah. They look a bit like muscles. They're kind of veiny. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't even know. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was going to pull up a picture so I can look at them, at them right now while we're talking. Um, that's like the old one. Those were so cute. You know, was the Power Rangers movie even successful? Depends on what you qualify. Um, they have to be if they're making a sequel. <laughs> oh, they are making a sequel. I thought I remember hearing somewhere that people were saying that like it flopped. And it was like, oh well, if that's the case, why couldn't Square just keep Power Ranger suits? I almost kind of feel like the Magitek armor. It looks. They almost look like they're inflatable suits or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like like the, the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex you can buy. <laughs> it's like an inflatable like that. It's like water wings on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, I liked the original design for the Magitek suit because it was cool. It was like, it was like a Power Rangers Tron crossover child thing. And it just, it looked really, you know, unique. And now these suits, you know, I mean, the design of the suits is still nice. It's just, oh, they look all the same now. And yeah, not very, not yeah. very interesting. I wonder really what happened behind the scenes there that made them change it. Uh, like, did they get threatened, or did they just decide to do it themselves? Um, I, I believe someone, or you know, like another party, maybe I don't know. Somebody with the Power Rangers franchise probably ragged on them or something to change it. I don't know. A lot of people are getting sued recently over copyright. Yeah, yeah. I just want the cup noodle hat, man. Give me the cup noodle hat. I want the <laughs> cup noodle, and I want the cup noodle hat for everyone. Yes, I don't want. Not, not yeah, I mean, you get a cup noodle hat. Why can't Gladio wear it? He's the one who is like insane for cup noodles. That's that's see, that's the thing. Like Gladio 
and his thing for cup noodles, he if if only one character gets the hat, it should be him. Why not, why does Noctis get all the good stuff and everybody else just you know gets nothing? Like I want I want everyone to be able to I want like a, my whole group to be like Mari like mariachi players. <laughs> <laughs> Like a mariachi band walking through and fighting monsters. Heck yeah. Why settle for a cup noodle hat when you could have an uh, entire costume which is just a cup noodle, like we saw at uh, KupoCon, Mind the Pom, back in March. I don't know if you've seen photos of this on there. No, oh, no. somebody was like a cup noodle cosplay or something? It was like a giant yeah, like cup noodle. A right? massive cup noodle, yeah. I remember they had like, like funny things written on the side of it, like, you know, like ingredients from the game and other stuff, like... There were lots of Easter eggs on there, yeah. yeah. It was huge. Like, if you stretch your arms out, that's probably about how wide it is. And, like, full head to head to knees, roughly, just to, like, showing at the bottom. Oh, my God, yeah, it's just what someone's cosplay. Oh, my God, that is so hilarious. So she's walking around with a cup noodle and then high heels. That's hilarious. I love it. And I have a picture with, like, a Gladio, cos- Gladio cosplayers, of course. It was fantastic, but... There were so many good cosplays there that she uh, didn't even win the Best Cosplay Award. Oh, Aww. I think that went to Adia from Final Fantasy VIII. I suppose. <laughs> oh, wow, that's pretty good. Mm. Oh, perhaps we could do a bit of Coupacon news while we're here. I hadn't planned it, but since we are an affiliate, there's going to be a second UK event next year. I think it's been announced it's going to be in Birmingham now yes. there was originally a yeah, poll Birmingham won by a lot against Manchester Birmingham Alabama yeah and the first Kubo a... the first Kubo <laughs> oh, dear Lord, no. London sold out I think in less than a day right yeah it did less than 24 hours so that's why they're holding wow. a second UK event yep and TLS will be represented there as usual awesome and also at the London one in February hint hint um, nudge nudge we need KubaCon in Minneapolis <laughs> <laughs> they also have the the KupoCon at the end of the year in December going on in Toronto Toronto and um, that's right then the one for, we have one and then the one for Vancouver uh I believe is in next April which is the west April the 21st yes which is the west coast event that they were talking about we'll see if I'll be able to make that one. I'd really like to go because it seems like a lot of members on TLS uh, should be able to make it. It should be a decent sized group. So I'm hoping I can make that one. Hmm. Well, yeah, if really you want... guys know, Tenny is really into the whole training idea. Yes. We gotta sing selfies. <laughs> Let's not talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> we'll sing selfies train song. <laughs> trains, trains. I just want... Train. I don't. I don't want to ride the train because it's a train. I want to ride the train because, first of all, you can like walk around in the train and you can't on a bus. Second of all, you, you can like see more of the mountain, maybe. <laughs> well, like the 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 only time I'd been on a train was when we were uh, at the Big Palm and we were taking the train to to Newark. That's the only train I've ever been on, and the ride wasn't that long. <laughs> so, if some of us are able to fly into Seattle and then take a train to Vancouver. That'll be an awesome experience. We could book a whole car to ourselves. It's the Final Fantasy car. <laughs> we'll sing the train song. To the future oh, God. we will go where it leads, no one knows. And <laughs> someone can make a better impression. Ain't no getting off no, with this train no- road. <laughs> I'm always amazed when I talk to people from North America and they say something like, I've never been on a train or I've been on a train once in my life. <laughs> like as a European, it's just like, 
I do that every week. <laughs> Some people do it every day. Yeah, there aren't a lot of trains as far as general public transportation goes in a lot of areas of the United States. I know mm. that like here in Minneapolis, we don't really have, we have a light rail that's been around for a few years, but I don't know if that really counts. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, if, for me, we actually do have like a subway kind of trains versus in the metropolitan area. They made that like 12, 12 years ago. See, the idea was that everything everything always goes to the metropolitan area. It's like, oh, we'll build it here first and then we'll start working on the rest of the area. That obviously never happened. But like, if you have a small island, obviously trains aren't really all that useful for the government. We should have it. We should have it. It'll make a lot of things easier, like going to the airport, but that requires money and we don't have money. I would love it if I could have a train take me to the, the airport that's three hours away. That'd be awesome. There's one quote I like by an American essayist called E.B. White, which is, everything in life is somewhere else, and you get there in a car. <laughs> I think that America has really taken that to heart. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're in New York. Yeah. Yeah, certain exceptions apply. Let's get on to our final piece of Final Fantasy news, which is the one-year anniversary of Mobius Final Fantasy, the free-to-play game, which was originally on mobiles, and you can now play it on Steam as well. Uh, this is being marked with a month of kind of freebies and stuff. And because this is like the end of their first season, they also uh, had credits, which allowed people over at Gaming Union, or Final Fantasy Union rather, to uh, compile a staff list and cross-check it with the Final Fantasy VII Remake. And turns out that it's a lot of the same stuff, which oh. isn't, isn't that surprising since we've seen assets being used in Mobius from the remake before. Any any Mobius players here? I remember I downloaded it and played it for like five minutes and then I deleted it from my phone. Not because <laughs> I hated it, but just, I don't know. I'm not like a mobile, I'm, like, I'm not a huge mobile player. I downloaded it and played it for maybe a week before I deleted it. I mean, I just, I mean, the title looks beautiful, but just mobile gaming doesn't catch my interest. Yeah, and then it kills your battery. <laughs> a hearty endorsement from the live stream for Mobius Final Fantasy there. I, I mean, I'm sh I think that, you know, I've seen like screenshots and it looks like really beautiful sprites. So I'm sure that if you're into mobile gaming, I bet you will love it. <laughs> you want to be even better endorsement? I, I'm not even entirely sure what that is. What, Mobius? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a mobile, it's like a kind of one of those like free to play but then you like pay a crap ton of money for in-game content yeah no i can't do that. this is like obviously um, it's, it's a mobile game i mean i actually played quite a bit of record keeper because that was kind of fun i was into record keeper for a while yeah record keeper was kind of cute um mobius seems like it's a little bit more serious a little bit more it seems like it's more story driven versus oh, we have to go into these paintings to restore stuff. And where's I going with this? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like another Final Fantasy mobile gaming app that is free, technically free to play, but there's stuff in game you're going to have to like prob probably pay for. And Very few game. games these days are actually free to play. Like, yeah. if, if you want everything in the game. Yeah. yeah. That's how they get you. You know, to make... 
to make it worse, I'm pretty sure that game has been discussed in the podcast before, and I retained none of that information. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, I've never played it either, so I'm not going to judge you for this one. <laughs> it's a miracle. Hmm. <laughs> well, I think that pretty much wraps up our Final Fantasy news then, unless you guys have anything you want to add. Uh, nope. uh, well, I could point out that I have played a Final Fantasy game that you haven't. Or 15? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you there. didn't even like Carly. <laughs> I'll take small victories against him. <laughs> <laughs> I watched you playing that when you first bought it on stream. So that yeah. counts. That, that was very fun because we both had a lot of snarky things to say about the game. Let's move on then. Normally, after the news, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about what's new on the live stream. And while last episode we had quite a lot to talk about, this week the cupboards is looking a little bit bare. Um, there was a bit of a delay getting our last episode up, so it's only been a week since then, and we haven't had time to put any new articles up since then. But that does give me an opportunity to uh, advertise the fact that we are always open to new writers. If you feel like you would like to contribute to the live stream either with news reports or editorials or anything else you can think of then the easiest way to get in touch with us is to go to the livestream.net click on the link that says forum and then sign up and explain what you'd like to contribute uh, we'll definitely take all submissions seriously and i can't think of a thing to say after and i'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, just basically it's Sign up in the forum um, and let us know what you, what you got going on. <laughs> yeah, I should never ad-lib these segments. I should write them out in advance, but I'm, I'm too lazy to do that, which is why we need new <laughs> writers, because we're all lazy. No, not really. Yeah. Some of us are. <laughs> so with that said, uh, let's get on to listener feedback from the last episode. Um, a few people wrote in to <clears throat> answer our question for the listeners. Uh, the question was, do remasters make old games obsolete, or do you still find reasons to play them? So we've got a comment from Flair here. Uh, would one of you like to read this out? Let you do it. Oh, uh, Flair writes, uh, I usually will play the original still, but likely if I played the original before the remaster came out. Oftentimes playing the original version gives me, gives me nostalgia, I suppose, and playing the remaster doesn't give me the same because oftentimes remasters are different in some fashion. If a remaster was purely a graphical upgrade and nothing else, I think it's likely that the chances of me playing the original would just fade over time. If the, however, if there's more that's been added, changed or added in the remaster, that gives me reason to play both versions, like Ten's remaster, for example, and likely with Zodiac Age as well, the added job system versus the original system. It gives me reason to continue playing both versions, depending on how I want to play. Um, see, so I suppose the... Too long, don't read of it is. If there are multiple differences made between the original and the remaster, it's very likely I'll continue playing them both, which I really enjoy seeing if a company remasters a game and they add some extra goodies along with graphical upgrades. I think I'm pretty much the same as Flair in that regard. I still go back and play the originals. I just want to know, how do you have time to, like... I feel like I don't... I would never have the time. Like, if a, if a remaster comes out, it would be either the remaster or I stick with the original. I'm not going to have time for both. 
I envy you guys. Adulting. <laughs> what did really you say, Carly? On... I said adulting. Adulting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unemployed. I'm on summer holiday. I have quite a lot of time to play games, although way too much of it is going into 14 at the moment. Sometimes uh... I think I should take a break from that just so I can play other games. I have so little free time these days, it drives me up the wall, and I can't play a lot of games. But anyways. <laughs> yeah, I think Flair's point is that some remasters kind of supersede the original, whereas some will just will, will change things that you might not like, and then you want to go back and play the original, which I think is what we were discussing last week as well. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Then our former uh, podcast hosts, and continuing to be the host of the Livestream Retrospective podcast, Vader SW1, also wrote in to answer this question. Uh, Tenny, would you like to read that one out? Yeah, let's see. In response to this week's question for the listenership, it's a complicated question that I think requires a complicated answer. I'm not sure if you would count the PS4 version of FF7 as a remaster, but with the enhancements and such, I feel like it's a superior version of the game on the whole for an experienced player. Sure, I could go back to the original PS1 version of the game, but why bother with hooking up the system when the PS4 version is just as good and has the enhancements? The remasters don't kill men's nostalgia for the original releases, though. For instance, IMO, the iOS remasters of FF5 and FF6, look absolutely terrible. Their appearance is so awful that I just can't stomach to purchase them. I'd rather play them on my GBA, DS, or Vita. With 6, I even sometimes feel like I'd rather just play my SNES version of the game. I haven't yet had a chance to play Zodiac Age, but it looks terrific. I've heard there have been some changes to the soundtrack that some view as a bit of a negative. It was never all that I was never all that crazy about 12 soundtrack anyway, so that doesn't bother me. If the changes made to the gameplay and advancement systems have made an improvement from the original, then it might become my personal favorite version of the game. However, I don't think that it renders the old version obsolete. It just becomes a matter of personal preference. You have to take the nostalgia factor into account. Well, I'm this is really long. While I'm anxiously <laughs> anticipating the release of the 7 remake, I highly doubt it will ever be able to replace my love for the original game. With the changes they are making, I'm sure there will be alterations that some of us won't like. We may not even end up liking the battle system or how they alter the materia system. There will likely always be a reason to go back to the original version of the game to get our fix of nostalgia. That is very beautifully put, Vader. Indeed. <laughs> it brings up a good point of how some supposed upgrades can actually be downgrades to the game. I would never play the iOS versions of five and six either. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard the graphics are terrible. I heard that like the iOS version of nine though was really gorgeous. Well, yeah, that's the same one that they released on Steam. Uh, okay, I unfortunately haven't been able to play it because it's not Mac compatible. Hmm. I really <laughs> like the way that the nine remaster looks. I don't like the menu, and I don't like the fact that it no longer has full analog movement, but it, it takes your analog input and converts it to eight-directional input. That's nice. I wonder why they've never put the a 9 remaster on a console. Uh, it might be on the PlayStation 4. My memory's okay. failing me at the moment. I've never seen it. I'll have to go Should check. we ask our Final Fantasy IX expert? That'll be Carly. Uh, it's on the PS3. I'm pretty sure it doesn't have one on the PS4. Okay. Yeah, the PS3 is just a port of like the original version, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so maybe it hasn't come to PS4 yet. Hopefully it will. So what uh, other thoughts do we have about what Vader wrote there? Well, I agree that I feel like this... The seven seven isn't a remaster; it's a remake. Like they are completely overhauling that game from the ground up. Um, so it's gonna have the same story, same cast, but it's not gonna be the same game. So in that respect, I think that you're definitely gonna have people who want to go back and play the original one because it's going to be so different. It's not like with mm. twelve, where they enhanced the graphics and then they made the license boards a little bit more restricting the like more direct paths. But other than that, it's pretty much the same game as the PS2 version. So I'd probably never go back to play the PS2 version because I don't mind what they did to the license grid. So as far as I'm concerned, they're still, um, they're still close enough to be like the same game. Lithy went here on uh, last week's podcast. Mm -hmm. Did you want to add anything to R12 discussion? Well, aside, I mean, I've been playing the game, you know, not nonstop since it came out. Um, but I mean, I, I really like it. I was uh, nervous about the job systems at first because, you know, I, you know, I, in the original game, I still had characters in certain roles. It just wasn't, you know, as restrictive as the actual job system. So there was a, a time at the beginning of the story where I kind of panicked a little bit because I didn't know what to make. I didn't know what jobs I wanted for each character and yada, yada, yada. And I was just afraid of being locked into, a, having my character locked into a job that I can't change down the road after finding out that they suck at it. Um, but now the, the, the remastered soundtrack is great. Um, in addition to being for fully orchestrated it's there's a lot of there's quite a few new tracks in the game i mean i could go on and on but i'll just say that i love the game um i don't know if i'll go back and play the ps2 version after playing this one it depends but no i mean i, I still get that nostalgia even from playing you know this new game that's more upgraded with graphics and stuff all right well continuing on our zodiac age discussion we had a comment from fangu on the live stream forum which i think carly can read out Yep, it says, I listened to this on the plane going home. Cheers for the shout out, guys, and the one that we're giving right now. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure uh, Fangu has the honor of being the first person to listen to a podcast from us on the plane. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think you cover uh, the Zodiac Age pretty well, considering it wasn't a dedicated podcast. Not too much for me to point out. That's why I pray for and Fangu. Other yeah. than just actually a few new tracks on the soundtrack is not just a remaster in that sense gisa planes same for augur Gensa and the third level of uh pharaohs they also got new uh new tracks there's also a new battle scene uh, for some battles do i like them well i still do miss the third level pharaohs track and the glorious battle track plus they changed subterra in all caps I know Sutera is a rerun on a track playing in several other dungeons, but seriously, Sutera will always, all caps again, be that one track always. End of the tell rant. Yeah. <laughs> what um, music do they play in Subterra? Is it, is it Ash's, Ash's theme, I think? No. At least in the, in the original, but now they've, um, I don't know what they use now. I don't think Ash's theme plays in the Subterra. I'd have to scroll through the soundtrack and look. I know a portion of Ash's theme plays, um, in that 
uh, entry area before you go inside, actually go inside Gear of Hagen. But I mean, I don't know. I haven't gotten that far in the remaster yet. So, I mean, I'm just now about to go into the Sokin Cave Palace now because I've been too busy side questing and hunting. So, I, mm. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far. I don't know if the track, you know, what track is now in its place. If you don't go out and do hunts in Final Fantasy XII, then you're doing it wrong, I think. <laughs> the hunts is a speedrun, of course. It, 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 I, I love the, 12, the, the hunt system in twelve. It's amazing. It's amazing, yeah. It's so much better than fifteen. So. Oh, God, don't get me started. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember the corals. Oh, fucking corals. I hate those. Okay, we're not going to talk about the corals. From fifteen. Coral. From fifteen. Hey, coral. No, I'm just kidding. They're um, a fucking nightmare. Oh, the corals in 15. Like, I remember I was 30 levels above them once, and they still almost kicked my ass, and I had to run away from the battle. It's a hunt that is supposedly level 25, and I say supposedly. <laughs> and you go there, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll find them. And, and, and I was level 42 when I went there, and I had to run away. I was level 60-something, and I ran away. <laughs> Just to regroup and rethink my strategy. Yeah. They got this instant kill move that didn't stop moving. And Prompto kept hitting them when that happened and kept fucking dying. <laughs> yeah, I think it seems like general consensus that everybody hates them. Everybody hates them. <laughs> okay, I think that can uh, bring us to the end of our listener feedback section then. Uh, if you'd like to have a comment read out on the show, you can email us at livestreampod at gmail.com. You can comment on our YouTube upload of this episode, leave a message on our forum, or in the comments on thelivestream.net. We'd also love to hear your questions, comments, and episode topic suggestions. So if we'd like, also like it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. And if you missed any of that contact information, I will read out again at the end of the show, so don't worry. This week's main discussion topic, and this week's question for the listeners, is which Final Fantasy game would you recommend to a complete beginner? I'm going to qualify that slightly by saying that it's someone who does play video games but has never played a Final Fantasy game. Uh, so who wants to have first crack at this one? I mean, it's a, it's a difficult decision. You know, it's a between a lot of games, but I think for someone who's never played a game in the Final Fantasy uh, series i think 10 would be a good starting point if you want to dive into it i would disagree with that okay because 10 10 is not exactly how usually final fantasy games go because it's more linear true that can be a good thing though for a first game mm. when i was thinking about this question before the show i was kind of trying to make a checklist in my mind of like what would you want in a first game you know that you're going to recommend to someone See, one thing I have to keep in mind is that, like, even if someone plays video games, they might not be super hardcore. They could be casual, because, yeah. I mean, I've had, you know, a few friends in the past where I tried to get them into Final Fantasy. They had no interest whatsoever in anything PlayStation era or older. It just didn't appeal to them. I had one who attempted Seven, and she said, and she stopped playing because she said, the graphics are so bad, I can't tell what anything is. I don't have that problem. I can tell what everything is. Um, like she got stuck in some area and she had to look up online like, oh, I had tell me I had to climb this ladder. I didn't even realize that was a ladder. I mean, I didn't have that problem, but then you have to sit there and think that other people will. 
like I guess it depends on what type of fans they are. If they like classic games, then you can start with one of the classic games. If they're not classic fans, then you're gonna have to start with one of the new ones. If they like, like if they like older games in general, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if there's someone, in, I mean, and I guess you could you could make your recommendation based on you know is this a player that likes you know simple stories or do they like stories that are a little bit more complicated like there's more to it even if someone likes you know classic games perhaps they're a fan of like the nes or snes era games then they might not have that console anymore so i think that the availability of games is important so if you're going to recommend something like final fantasy one to someone you know first game in the series and all that you'd probably say play it on the psp or play it on your phone or something or you can buy like the they have them on like they had them off for the PS1 so you could order the PS1 version and you know that PS3 could play PS1 games can a PS4 play PS1 games I think so Okay so you could just order that and have them play it off of there and they inserted um some weird CGI cutscenes into those versions like the really super old like Final Fantasy 1 and 2 when they did those like the disc for the PS1 they have cutscenes at the very beginning, possibly, yeah. possibly the end of the game. Though I haven't finished one or two. I don't yeah. think they have any other cutscenes besides that, though. Yeah, not in the probably not in the middle, but so there's there's that. But like I know with uh, a few friends, I tried to get into Final Fantasy, and they didn't seem to like it. My friend who hated seven really, really liked ten. Like she played it all the way to the end. Um, and she loved every minute of it. And so I think that she enjoyed having the more straightforward story. She enjoyed having the better graphics. Because I think that, like, for her, the the whole, like, the the more openness of Seven, I think, would have turned her off if she ever had gotten to the world map. I don't think she ever got out of Midgar before she quit. So you had to think about that as well. And I know, like, I've got another friend that I tried to, she watched me play Seven. I tried to say, you should give it a try. And she, like, refused. But then, like... She watched me play Kingdom Hearts, and she's all like, let me try that. And she fell in love with Kingdom Hearts. So you kind of got to try to keep who the person is in mind. Because some people, they will not want to start with the PS era Final Fantasies, even if the most fans think that those are the ones everyone should start with. Just the, to expect that people will is just not realistic. I mean, it'd be nice if you could get people to play those first and kind of go through, but I feel like the newer games are probably the ones that people will respond to more positively and hopefully make them fall in love enough to be able to work backwards. Um, the advantage that Kingdom Hearts has is that it has Disney characters so that could appeal to people that aren't fans of Final Fantasy. You know... It wasn't so much that I do actually. I have a cousin who fell in love with Kingdom Hearts because of the Disney aspect. Because I gave him Kingdom Hearts for Christmas one year. My one friend, she she wasn't really attracted by the Disney, but she just thought it was fun. I know that the one thing that made her the most excited was the fact that in the first game, David Boreanaz was the voice of Squall, because she used to be a huge David Boreanaz fan. Um, <laughs> but. I think she just liked the gameplay. She said she said that she's very much like a hack and slash player. Like she likes to play fighting games, like where she can just hit a button and destroy things. So that's why that appealed to her. I think about my brother who only plays like sports games and Call of Duty type stuff, and he would never be he would never get into like the old thing, like the really really old old school. So in theory, 
someone who has played video games but not Final Fantasy games might prefer sort of action-oriented games. And the most action-oriented Final Fantasy game we've had in the main series so far has been 15. So mm-hmm. why, why are we not recommending 15? Well, I think that it could be just be personal bias since a lot of the hardcore fans seem to be disappointed with 15, even though I do think that there are a lot of people who would respond very positively to it. Like I have a coworker who started playing 15 because she saw me posting screenshots on Facebook and she said that she loves it. And like I said, I'm sure my friends would love it. I think my brother would probably hate it anyways because he, he hates RPGs in general. So I'm not sh- I'm not sure if 15 would be enough for him. It might be better, but I feel like after a while he might lose his patience with that too. 15 is kind of not like usual Final Fantasy games. That's I'm going to put aside my bias against the game and just say because it's not the usual type of Final Fantasy game, it may not be the one that you want to introduce people to the Final Fantasy series with. That's true because then they might go in with like an an expectation that is simply not there because 15 is like a lot the world of 15 seems a lot more like ours even more so than I feel 7's world was like in terms of like their technology and stuff obviously not like the the demons running around in the dark <laughs> but so I do kind of feel like if you have them play 15 and they love it and they try to jump to like 12 or 10 they might wonder why it's so different because it is that's a very big difference right there and that could potentially turn them off as well to realize that the rest are not like the first one that they played and also if you remember when i started playing that you were in the stream with me flint uh when they you actually get to do a mini like tryout with the gameplay and i got so annoyed with it so i'm just gonna go with easy because i could just and, and I'm not a new Final Fantasy player. I, I have played a lot of Final Fantasy games, but the gameplay just annoyed me immediately. So that may be a turnoff for people that don't play Final Fantasy games, so you don't play RPGs or stuff like that. Like they're just not used to the type of gameplay that an RPG would have? Yeah, but like even in that, like the, the 1 in 15 is just so annoying. and, and it, it, It's... It it doesn't have the type of gameplay that, at least for me, that I actually want to learn and get into. Uh-huh. Well, I feel like you can't really compare any two of the modern Final Fantasy games in the main series. I understand what you were saying about earlier about how you'd like to pick something that's kind of representative. But you really have to go back to like the PS1 era or before to get any sort of representative game. And that's only representative of those eras. Because if we think about what's come after that, we had turn-based combat in 10. We had sort of MMO-style combat in 12. Um, we had, I don't even know how to describe the combat in 13. Basically, like, single player. You only control one character in 13. Um, and then 14's MMO again. I already missed out 11. 15 is like, you, you've got this completely overhauled system where it's much more action-oriented. So, but I, know, I don't, I don't mean it. From that. I, I don't mean it just at least with 15, just in the gameplay. I mean it with everything. It's a story and it's a character is in the gameplay. It's not what you would get usually out of the Final Fantasy game. Have the stories really been that similar though? Uh, I guess no, not really. I mean, in the sense that the the first half of the game is basically a road trip. I mean, in the sense that your party is all guys, which you never gotten before in a Final Fantasy game. And stuff like that. 
that's true. Like, you know, they, they don't start you off like all by yourself and then you slowly meet people on your journey. It's here's your party right from the get go. Your, yeah. your bros. And that's all the only people that you get with the exception of a couple guest characters. That's true. So th- it is, there are some differences and I, and I can see where Carly is coming from. Cause if you teach, if you introduce someone to 15 and they love it, and then you, they expect all the other games to be exactly the same, and then they realize that they're not. Is that going to help or hinder your getting them into the rest of the series? Well, I think, you know, with a series that's been around as long as Final Fantasy, I mean, I think most, I'm reaching here, but I think most players would understand that in such a long-running series, things are going to evolve. So I think... Uh-huh. I mean, well, uh, well, I mean, I'm sorry, this is coming out like completely wrong, but like, I'll, I'll use my husband as an example. Um, first Assassin's <laughs> Creed game he ever played was Assassin's Creed 3, and he really liked it. And I'm like, okay, let's go and get you the whole dang series and you can start from the beginning. And when he played the first game, he, he almost couldn't stand it just because, you know, he felt like it was a downgrade. But so I'm mean, suggesting that we s- recommend the worst Final Fantasy game to someone <laughs> to start with, so that, like it's all up from there. No, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. In in such a long running series of games, you know, you have to understand that it's not good. You know, the combat. A lot of things are going to change from game to game. So hmm. I would point out that Final Fantasy fans themselves haven't always been in favor of evolution in the Final oh, Fantasy games. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like if you never change anything, how how are your development teams going to grow as developers and storytellers if they don't switch things up? I mean, you know, with 15, you know, a lot of things changed. Maybe that might be a cue for them to sort of go back to more of their roots with the next title in the main installment. I don't give much time to people who say that the Final Fantasy series shouldn't evolve. I think every video game series needs to evolve. Yeah. But you can look at you can look at some series and and say that they've done it really successfully. Yeah. And it's like if you, you can look at Zelda not. for example. And I mean if you keep making games that are just, you know, different stories but totally reminiscent of of each other as far as gameplay and mechanics go, you're not really giving your your fan base an incentive to play more games in the series because i mean with me i don't want to play a game that's i don't want to play games in a series that are basically the same in every game i want variety because i want to be able to have a different experience when i play a different game that makes sense yeah i think 10 is a good recommendation as i was trying to say earlier that i have like a checklist of things uh, for a new player, one is availability. I already mentioned, and you can get the ten remasters on PS3, PS4, and PC. Uh, another thing is that it's quite easy, and ten is really easy. <laughs> I, you have basically a combat system that gives you as much time as you need. You can just sit there, put the controller down, have a think for half an hour if you really want to, and then decide what you're going to do with your characters. It's like playing chess. I really, really like my my coworker that I was talking about earlier. She, we were talking about Final Fantasy because she saw that I posted some Zodiac Age screenshots, and then she said that oh, I gotta get the the, the ten and ten two remaster as well. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good. And she's like, I really love ten, but 
I didn't like 10 too because I didn't like like the battle system because I loved the, how the 10 was like, it was so, so strategic, but in 10 too, it's just all over the place. I'm like, well, I kind of like the battle system in 10 too, but I understand what you're saying about, you know, the battle system for 10. It kind of feels like you're, it almost kind of feels a little bit like you're playing a big game of chess. Like you're sitting there and you make a decision, but then you see like your order changes and like, you know, the menu. And so you're like, okay, if I make this and then I get delayed, What's the enemy going to do in between time? Or should I make another decision so I can go again quicker? I don't know. I enjoyed that. Well, at least yeah, with the faster paced battle system, you can pause during the combat, correct? Whereas in, I think so, whereas yeah. in 10, you can't pause the, pause the combat. But, you know, until you select an you action, just they're just going to, you know, your, your party members and enemies are just going to stay there until you take action. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's true that you can pause quite a lot of battles in, in Final Fantasy games. Yeah, I think that happened when the first time I ever played 10, I think I was like playing and then it was time for dinner and I was in the middle of, a, of like a boss fight. When I came back, nothing had happened because they're all just sitting there. <laughs> yeah. The other criteria I have are more subjective. I think that it's important to recommend a game that has a good story with good characters that you actually feel invested in. Um, 10 definitely has that for me. The one thing that 10 kind of lacks, the one thing 10 lacks, which I would like, is a strong intro. The FMV is good at the beginning, but the first kind of hour or two hours of gameplay, it's all so gray. You're in Xanaka and you're running away from stuff and you're pressing the same button to attack all the time. And then Titus gets stranded in that, you know, temple and is in the water and on the ship. It's all very kind of monotonous until you get to Besaid. And then suddenly there's like this explosion of color. You get new characters, you get new gameplay mechanics. But, you know, the the first kind of two hours maybe of Final Fantasy X don't really hook a new player to play the rest of the game, I think. I do remember like when I actually did try to play X. Uh, I never seen a game that starts with them sitting in this kind of ap- apocalyptic place and you know something went wrong and then Tita says, uh, it's like to explain what happened and the whole this is my story, you know, this is our story, which I'm playing a little bunch of times. And then you go back to Sarnakan and you see him the being a professional player and then he gets sucked in all that was really interesting and then as you said it went super boring yeah they probably could have skipped that temple and just had him be found in the water by the l bed but it is what it is i think i can get to besaid in like an hour can't you probably if you rush it yeah i think for me another way to like get people to like play a final fantasy game if if i know what uh what some of their favorite games are it would give me a good idea to what Final Fantasy game to recommend to that person. I did it the other way around. I, I know people that love Final Fantasy twelve, and that was a way of me to uh, interest them in to play in Dragon Age Origins. I believe I said that to you too because I knew you love Final Fantasy twelve. But I said, hey, you should get Dragon Age Origins a try." I still need to finish Origins. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could. Go off on a little side tangent here and uh, discuss which Final Fantasy game has the best intro. Does anything uh, jump out at you? Uh, it's a matter of personal opinion, so... Of course, but what is yours? Um, well, I mean, of course, I love Seven's intro. You know, it just plops you yeah, right in the middle really of nice. everything. I do, and of course I'm biased, but I do like the intro to 12 because... 11 minutes of cutscene. Well, (laughs) not quite. (laughs) But, you know, I like how they have, 
you know, they have a montage at the beginning that clearly, you know, clearly sets up the events of the story without bogging you down with a lot of mundane exposition. And then after that opening sequence, you're introduced to the Marquis Ondor, who is your, your he's basically your narrator for the story. Like the, the game is, is basically his memoirs. So I really liked that kind of, uh, <laughs> oh God, what am I saying? Um, I like it too, but then I always got a bit off put by the change from uh, Rex to Vaughn. Then, some, you know, after you've been like this this warrior fighting in a in a war with like Basha at your side and stuff, mm -hmm. then suddenly it's like, go kill six rats. Like, <laughs> well, I, I, why? I don't care. I already know how to do the combat. This isn't a tutorial anymore. You might not like uh, the Song of Ice and Fire books. That <laughs> okay, that's a strange tangent. No, it's like you start the pack. Every single book, you just start the pack like, with a character, and that's. <laughs> I shouldn't say more. Yeah, the story. I mean, I've been reading the first one recently, but I already know the story from the TV show. So you start, it, basically, almost every single prologue, you're going to start with a character. That character is going to either die at the end of the prologue or die later. Almost every single book is like that. I don't think you can really compare books to game, though. At least not. I'm talking more about the gameplay than, like, the story. Yeah, it, it was, like, really, and I spent a lot of time leveling up Rex when I was playing <laughs> Really? I shouldn't look at the fucking guide and realize that I wasn't as bad my brother was worse. You were, but you spent time it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. I didn't even know you could level up Rex. Yeah, in the original game? Yeah. You actually could get him really, really high if you tried. You mean like give him some marijuana? That's, de or? that's dedication. <laughs> yeah, I would say like the best intros uh, would be 7 and 10. Okay, well, obviously 10 is subjective, and I disagree. Uh, I think 9 has one of my favorite intros. The FMVs are beautiful. Uh, you know, I can, I can take or leave the bit with Sudan right at the very beginning, but then as soon as you get to control VV, it's like, oh, I have this adorable <gasps> character in this beautiful city. I thought that that was a really great hook. I remember, I mean, it was, it was being, it was kind of weird, because I, I feel like you do flip around a lot in the beginning of nine but for the section that you get to be Vivi I loved it because he's so adorable and the, the way that all the characters kind of come together at the end you know Vivi Steiner uh Zidane and Garnet I think that's such mm -hmm. such a great kind of set piece of, of like intertwining stories within the first hour or so mm -hmm. I liked it mm. but let's wrap up this uh section just with a one word answer from each of you just one game that you're going to recommend to a new player let's have carly first 12. <laughs> interesting lift um well carly said 12 which is what i would recommend but i'll say 10 as a recommendation to for a new player to get them in the series that's my Tenny? oh man you guys took both my answers <laughs> you can uh... say the same i'm gonna say the same <laughs> i mean um one of those two, I feel like, would be like the best to hook people. Um, maybe 10 first, because since 10 still has a little bit somewhat similar of a battle system to like the games that came before it, like, you know, you still have random battles, it's still turn based. So that could get them, you know, ready for going backwards. And then once we go through those, then we can do. 
12 since it's so different than 13, 15. Oh, Maybe I not see. 13. I didn't even beat 13. <laughs> I just watched ending on YouTube. <laughs> I would say 10. Nine gets an honorable mention. And congratulations to Carly for being the only one of us to understand what a one word answer is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> 10 okay 10 yep 10 and that was still two words anyway okay moving on then uh we're coming up to the end of our show and i reaching the stage where I just like to ask our guests if they've got anything else on their mind, uh, maybe a game they've been playing or a film they've seen recently or a TV show or something that they want to talk about for a, a few minutes on the podcast. So uh, let's go to Tenny first. Well, I have been playing a lot of the 12 remaster Zodiac Age. I, I loved it on the PS2. I love it on the PS4. I thought it was one of the most beautiful games ever on the PS2. It's still gorgeous on the ps4 um and i am currently going through the nam yensa sand Steve. so i'm making somewhat decent progress i think um in addition to that i i don't know i haven't really been doing much other than um but i picked up a i picked up the newest issues of amazing spider-man and captain marvel um i know an amazing spider-man Spoilers, but like um, Parker Industries is kind of done for. And then in Captain Marvel, I actually haven't really read through it yet for some reason. But I think that they are, I don't know, it's just basically more of the Secret Empire stuff, trying to wrap it up. Um, other than that, I really haven't done much. Oh, I, I bought a couple of um, the Saga collections so I can get caught up on kind of the middle. There's like a bunch of stuff in the middle for Saga that I missed out on. Ooh, yes, I need to catch up with so, Saga. Yeah, there's like, because I started reading it, and then I stopped, and then I started reading it again, but then I'm like, but there's so much in the middle that I didn't read. So I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Les, how about you? Um, I'm just going to shamelessly advertise 12, because that's what I've been playing a lot. Uh, to our listeners, if, you, if you've tried playing 12 in the past and you didn't get hooked, if you've played it but you've never finished it or just had no interest in playing in the past, um, I beg you to give it another try. Um, you know, the, the job system's completely redone. The graphics are great. Um, I, I really think 12 was ahead of its time when it was released, and it's just it's, it's aged very well. And I just beg you guys to give it a second chance if it wasn't your favorite back in the day. Same, same. I really don't have much to uh, to add. This game has pretty much been has pretty much taken over my life recently. Well, you so. oh, you started fourteen, and so did I. Yes, we. I did start fourteen. <laughs> I, I don't know when I'll be back, but um, I'm going to do my best to stick around in that game. <laughs> like I said, you've got two weeks to do the uh, butt watching quest. <laughs> I probably won't get there. Level okay. 30 is pretty easy. Carly, what's your, what have you been up to in the last couple of weeks? Well, uh, after five months, I finally finished Horizon Zero Dawn. Congrats. Uh, I want to play that game. It looks really cool. No spoilers, because I do really, really, really want to play that game. General opinion, uh, 
it's very good that the companies like ours are focusing on doing new IPs and doing things that are outside of what they usually do, and they made them a lot of money. So just so you know, the game companies are like making the same over and over again, branching out is a good idea from time to time. They need to work yes. out on the way they handle the story because the main quests that you do don't feel connected at all to each other. And at some point, it just, it kind of loses focus. All of that is a really fun game. It, it has some problems that usually you have with open world games that after, after some point, it's just, you get tired and there's not really that much to do. Other than that, or from Black Ends tonight, and I'm really sad about that. Uh, Orphan Black ends tonight, and I'm really sad about that because I love Orphan Black. And the next podcast, Lex, if he's on the podcast, he will probably be crying about it. Shout outs to Lex, who was going to be here, but then felt a little bit under the weather <laughs> for reasons we won't necessarily go into. <laughs> see, you, see you next time, Lex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're being held by them laughing. Anyways. People can make, draw their own conclusions from that, yeah. <laughs> As for me, uh, I've been playing Besiege, which is a game that's been out for a couple of years now, but it's still in early access on Steam. I don't know if you guys know it. It's like a um, sort of a physics simulation game uh, set in medieval times where you have to build like a, a catapult or a, some other machine which will go around and destroy stuff. Like each level gives you a target of what to destroy or like where to, to move or something like that. Really good fun. And also amazing to watch on YouTube because people are just hundreds of times more creative than I am. Nice. I'll give that I'll look that one up. Yeah. I don't know why it's still in early access because it's it's a pretty mature game, but some games just seem to get stuck there. <laughs> Other than that, I've mostly been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. And getting an, getting annoyed at getting the wrong drops from Cesano, but anyway. <laughs> that just about wraps up our show. So I will just finish off by reminding you that if you want to write to us, uh, you can email us at livestreampod at gmail.com. You can comment on our YouTube channel, sign up to our forum, or leave a message in the comments on our front page. And we'll re read a selection of your feedback in the next episode. So thank you very much. Thank you to Carly, Lith and Tenny. Thanks to our listeners. Take care and always protect the crystals. And join us next week <laughs> when like we don't talk about the Zodiac page. Oh. I'll find a way to talk about the Zodiac page. <laughs>